Yeah. M12, how are we doing tonight? That's what I'm talking about. I, uh, man, it's so good to be here. Uh, what do you guys think of this room? Pretty cool? Yeah. This is, uh, what a, what a cool thing that we get to be a part of, man. Uh, that we get to be at a church that loves you guys. Man, this church loves students. They really do. And so I just think it is amazing and incredible that we get to be here. Part of the reason uh, that we get to be here is because you guys have been inviting your friends. And the more people that we've been getting, the more God is doing stuff. And so finally, we get to, we get to be here, which I just think is awesome. So uh, we are so pumped that you're here. Uh, how many of you, just real quick, by, by show of hands, and maybe you can, you can celebrate a little bit. How many of you went to go see uh, One Direction last night? Wow. How many of you think that seeing One Direction last night could have been the worst thing you could have ever done? Yeah, there's a few. I feel the tension. I feel the tension in the room. I feel the tension in the room. Well, that's awesome. Well, guys, uh, we are so pumped that you're here tonight. I know some of you are feeling, what was it called? PCD? What's? Wow. Okay. For those of you that don't know, I learned this today. PCD stands for post-concert depression. I know. It's, it's a little dramatic. I agree. But um, hopefully, hopefully uh, this being here at M12 is uh, something that's helping you out a little bit. And uh, look, here's the deal. I don't know if this is like your first time ever to M12 and you're kind of checking out church and figuring this whole thing out. Or maybe if you've been coming for like the past month or the past couple weeks and you're new to the whole God thing and you're trying to figure out what all that looks like. Or maybe... Uh, you fall into the category that you've been coming since like the beginning. Like you remember when we were meeting on Sunday mornings in that band room, right? When we had like the donuts and OJ and we had the like round tables. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like way, way, way back in the day. And uh, here's the cool thing, okay? Is whether this is like your first time here or you've been coming forever, uh, we're all kind of on the same page because we're starting a brand new series today. And so what we do with these series is we talk about a topic for like three or four weeks, and then we get done with talking about that, and we kind of move on to something else. And so today we're starting a new series called Battlefield, called Battlefield, which is pretty cool. And here's kind of the bottom line uh, of Battlefield. The struggle is real. You, you know, some of you are already there. You're like, I get it, man. Preach. The struggle is real. Chances are there's been a moment where you've, uh, maybe you've tweeted out the struggle is real. Maybe you've had a conversation with your friend and you've said out loud, the struggle is real, right? Maybe you've seen some pictures with the struggle is real. Maybe you've like retweeted or reposted something where it's like the struggle is real, right? Actually in, uh, in preparation for tonight, I was looking online and I saw all these pictures kind of attached to this phrase, the struggle is real. And so I was wondering if I could show you a few of those pictures of the struggle is real. Is that cool? Can I show you that? Okay, here's the first one. Uh, you can tell, like right off the bat, you can tell from this picture, something isn't quite going right in this person's life, you know? Things aren't quite what they imagined. Um, if you've ever run into the situation where you really need toast, but you don't have a toaster, maybe you didn't know you could do this. You can just take a coat hanger and an oven and you can actually toast some bread. And so this person, you know, they, they kind of MacGyvered their way into toasting some bread. So the struggle is real, right? That's, that's tough. Okay, here's the next one. Uh, some of you feel this struggle, right? Because your parents are like, we're going to pay less. And you're like, no, nah, I don't want to go to pay less. But fear not, I got you now because you can go to pay less. And then you can just get some masking tape and a pen and you're set. And you can have 
whatever shoe you want to have. Look, they even have like the, the Nike check. Isn't that cool? That's how you know it's official right there. That is so official. The struggle is real. You can tell from this picture things aren't quite going the way that uh, maybe someone hoped. All right, here's the next picture. Uh, this, one, this one is more so for your parents, right? Maybe they've complained before about a headlight being out. No fear. You don't need to go to Pet Boys anymore, right? You just got to go to Walmart and grab a flashlight and some duct tape, and you are set, right? So these things in this person's life not quite going so well. This last one is my favorite. Um, he's, uh, I think it's like Beats by Dr. Dre, you know? It's like kind of the same, it, but it's like Beats by Dr. Dre. It's just like a little off, right? And uh, here's the reason I love this picture. It's because obviously this kid is struggling, right? And uh, he took some old school computer speakers and he taped them to his skull, but he's plugged in to an iPhone. You know what I'm saying? I was like, dude, if you can afford an iPhone, I think you can get some beats, right? But anyways, the struggle is real, right? So this kid is feeling it. Probably you're feeling it. You felt it before. There's probably been moments where you've gone up to your friends and you've just been like, ah, the struggle, right? And maybe for you, it's not, um, it's not like duct taping some headlights or making some toast. Maybe for you, the struggle is school, right? Maybe for you, your struggle is school. I actually talked to a student just last night that was telling me about, man, his struggle and his struggle is school. Because it seems like no matter how hard you try, you just can't quite seem to get ahead, you know, and your teachers keep on piling stuff on you and they keep adding like homework assignments and they keep adding these different projects and then you got that group project that you got to do right but it's you and three other people but the three other people haven't done anything and so you're the one that has to do everything and you're like ah the struggle right the struggle is real or maybe maybe you've got one of those teachers I used to have one of these teachers these teachers that like they don't understand that like you're taking other classes like it's not just their class you know, and like you would love to have a conversation and say, look, I get it. I'm more than happy to do the 8,000 homework assignments you gave me, but I've got other classes, you know, and I'm trying to live and breathe and actually do some other stuff as well. And so school is just a struggle. And maybe, maybe even like your parents, like, like wanted to have, have a talk with you and they're like, uh, you know, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. You know, you know, the talk. Right? And like, and like all your friends are failing their classes and you got a B and your parents are upset. And you're just like, are you serious? Right? And they're, and they're talking to you about time management. And they're like, I think you need to spend your time more wisely. And you're like, uh, if we could wrap this conversation up, I could spend my time more wisely. You know what I'm saying? And so you feel that and you're like, ah, oh, the struggle. The struggle is real. Or maybe there's some of you, I don't know how many of you in the room. Um, maybe there's some of you that your struggle uh, is with your bay, right? Right? Your struggle. Hey, I get it. Here's the deal. In every, in every relationship, there's always a struggle. There, it doesn't matter how much you like them. There's always going to be a struggle. And for those of you that are like in a relationship, those of you in a relationship right now, and you're thinking, we don't struggle, just wait like a month, okay? And I promise I promise you will struggle. And this is, this is the crazy thing. Uh, I feel like in every like relationship, every like guy-girl relationship, uh, it always, like the struggle is always about what you know, right? And, and uh, for the girls, this is, this is the struggle for the girls. The girls are like, he should have known that that was my favorite song, right? He should know 
how I'm feeling right now. Like, why, why doesn't he know to text me first? Why doesn't he know to text me? Like, doesn't he know what I'm thinking? Doesn't he know that, like, he's supposed to call me right now? Like, doesn't he know? And for the, for the guys in the room, for the guys in the room, our struggle is we don't know anything, okay? So you're expecting way too much from us when you expect us, like we can barely remember our own names and you expect us to remember like anniversaries and dates and your favorite color and your favorite like, you know, Starbucks drink and all that. And, and, and we're trying to figure it out, but like we can, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And maybe, maybe there's some of you in the room that for you, your struggle, your struggle is that you wish you had a dating struggle, right? <laughs> like your struggle is you're like, hashtag forever alone, right? And all of your friends, all your friends are dating and you're left all alone and you're like, ah, the struggle, the struggle is real. We got people like raising their hands like, yes, preach it, right? The struggle is real. And I think, I think a lot of us in this room, we tend to believe this thing that I like to call the one day myth, okay? Here's the one day myth. We believe, we believe that when one day comes, the struggle will cease, right? When one day comes, the struggle will cease. When one day finally gets here, then, then the struggle will cease. Like finally one day when this thing happens, finally one day when my circumstances change, one day, one day, one day, the struggles will cease. And so maybe for you, you're like one day when, when he finally pays attention to me, like one day when she finally notices me, one day when we finally get together, one day when I'm finally dating someone, one day when I'm not alone, then my struggles are gonna go away. When one day gets here, then the struggles, the struggles will cease. And maybe, maybe there's some of you that like you're looking at your life right now and you're like, I just like one day, when one day I'm done with middle school, like one day when I'm done with these classes, Right? One day when I get to be in high school, or maybe some of you are like looking way out ahead in the future, and you're like, one day when I'm free of my parents, one day when I'm done with all their rules, one day, one day then, then, then my struggles, my struggles will cease. And maybe, maybe there's some of you that like, it's a little bit more personal. Maybe, maybe your one day is related um, to a person. And maybe, maybe it's a girl or maybe it's a guy that's gossiping about you. And so you're thinking one day, one day, when they stop gossiping, then finally my struggles will cease. Like one, one day when they stop lying about me, then my struggles will cease. One day when they're found out, one day when they, when they just give up their life of gossip, one day then my struggles, and, and like maybe for you, you're just waiting you're waiting for like next year or you're waiting for a different class because, because they just keep saying things about you and you're struggling and you're hurting and you're just waiting. You're like, one day, if they could just one day, one day, then finally my struggles will cease. Now, now the problem with the one day myth <laughs> is that it's a myth. It's a myth. Because see, one day gets here and the struggles continue. Your one day will actually get here one day. Like, like, like one day you are going to be dating that guy or you're going to be dating that girl or one day you're going to finally be done with him or you're finally going to be done with her or one day you're going to be done with seventh grade and you're going to be on to eighth grade or maybe one day you're going to be in high school. One day you're going to be out of your parents' house. Your one day will come. But what you'll find 
is that with every new one day come all these struggles. And that one day gets here, but the struggles, the struggles continue. And the worst part about it is that the struggles that we go through, struggles have a cost, right? I think that's not, yeah, struggles have a cost. And you know this, right? Like, like whenever there's a struggle with your parents, or there's a struggle with your teacher, or there's a struggle with your boyfriend, or your ex-boyfriend, or there's a struggle with like your friend, or your best friend, or your ex-best friend, whenever there's a struggle, it has a cost. And for some of you, the cost is, is a broken relationship. Maybe it's a broken heart. Maybe it's like a broken family. Or maybe for you, the struggles have led to depression. Or maybe for you, it's led to, it's led to frustration or guilt or shame. But struggles, struggles always have a cost. And we go from one day to one day to one day, hoping that one day things will be different. And one day my struggles will cease. And one day we'll take care of everything. But the problem is it doesn't. And we keep on struggling. And there continues to be a cost. So what do we do? Like, like what do we do if, this, if, if one day doesn't solve the struggle? What do we do if we continue going from one day to one day and yet the struggles continue? In other words, how do we fight? How can we fight against the struggles? How can we fight against these struggles? How can you fight against the struggle with your parents? How can you fight against the struggle with your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend or your friend or your ex-best friend? How can we fight? And that's what this series is all about. That, that's what Battlefield is all about. In fact, we're going to spend four weeks talking about this because of the fact this is an important question. In fact, this is a question people have been asking for centuries. Like for thousands of years, people have been wondering, how can we fight? How can we fight? How can we fight against our daily struggles? And there was a, there was a follower of Jesus by the name of Paul, and he actually wrote about this. And so I want to look together at what he said. And so um, hopefully you've got, you've got your Bible right in front of you. You can go ahead, grab that. If you don't have it, there's a few up here as well as some on the tables right beside you. But I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6. And this is going to be on page uh, 1,177. So page 1177. And I want to look together at what Paul says. Because see, here's what was happening. Paul had this like gathering. He had a group of people kind of like M12 a little bit. Um, it was a lot like M12. And he, he had all these people that were following after Jesus, but they were struggling. And they were struggling with families, and they were struggling with marriages, and they were struggling with their boss, and they were struggling with all these different people. And they were asking this question, how can we fight? against these struggles. And right at the end of the letter, Paul begins to unfold exactly what the struggle is all about. Because Paul knew that there's something more going on underneath the surface. That it's not just the struggle that you see, there's a struggle that you can't see. And so here's how he starts off. He says, finally, so kind of in light of everything I've said, here's, here's kind of the main idea. Here's the last thought that I want to leave you with. Finally, be strong in the Lord. That's important. In the Lord and in His mighty power. And so as he's setting the stage and talking about this, he's saying the main thing you need to know, the number one thing I need you to know is to be strong in the Lord, not, not to be strong in yourself or not to be strong in your mighty power, not even to be strong in your group of friends or to be strong at M12 or to be strong by raising your hands. No, he doesn't say that. He says what I need you to do and the secret is to be strong in the Lord. In other words, your strength, your strength in the struggle is the Lord. Your strength is the Lord. Now, now this is good and this is true. It's just maybe a, a little bit confusing, right? Because you're like, okay, be strong in the Lord. 
what does that mean, right? Like, 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 what does it mean to actually be strong in the Lord? And so he goes on and he begins to define that. He says, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on, back the truck up, Paul. Bro, we were just talking about some struggles and you went and talked about the devil. Like, that's a little, like, like I was just talking about my struggle with my ex-girlfriend and you brought in the devil. And I mean, like she's bad and all, but she's not the devil. Most of the time, she's not the devil, right? And so you're like, this is extreme. Like, why does Paul, in the middle of talking about our struggles, bring up the devil? It seems a little, a little crazy, a little dramatic. And so then he goes on to explain, here's why he did it. For our struggle, he's saying, here's why I'm bringing this up. Our struggle, like your struggle, my struggle, your struggle with your parents, your struggle with your friends, your struggle with that girl that keeps lying about you, your struggle with your ex-best friend that's no longer talking to you, your struggle is not against flesh and blood. And this, this is huge. This is huge. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, when you struggle against your parents, you're not actually struggling against your parents. And when you, when you struggle with like your friend, you're not actually struggling against your friend. And when you struggle against your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend, it, it's not actually a struggle against your boyfriend or against your ex-boyfriend. In other words, he's saying your enemy, your enemy is not who you think it is. Your enemy is not who you think it is. And I know you think that when you're struggling against your parents, your enemy is your parents. And I know you think when you're struggling against that girl that's lying about you and gossiping about you, it's about her. She's the enemy. She's the one that's talking. She's the one that started all this. But here he's saying, hold up, hold up, time out. As you think about this, I need you to know your enemy, your enemy is not who you think it is. Your enemy is not who you think it is. And then he goes on. He says this. He says, for our struggle, remember our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not physical, but against the spiritual forces of evil. Against the spiritual forces of evil. In other words, your enemy is not physical. It's not the person that you see. There's something else going on. There's, there's a spiritual reality that you cannot see that's causing more of the struggle than you may think. And I know some of you are thinking, okay, well, if my enemy is not, not who I think it is, then, then who is my enemy? And this is actually a question that we're going to answer next week. Um, it needs its own week to talk about who our enemy actually is. But here's what I want you to know for this week. I don't want to go into who your enemy is. I want to talk first about who your enemy is not. Because right here, he says, your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is not who you think it is. It's not your parents. It's not your friend. It's not your ex-best friend. Your enemy is someone else because, because, because the struggle is spiritual. Your struggle is spiritual. It's not just about the person that you see in front of you. Your struggle is spiritual. See, there is an invisible reality that you and I don't see. And our struggle is real, it's true. And sometimes it's at school and sometimes it's with the person that you like and sometimes with your friend or the person that's lying about you. But your struggle, the core of your struggle underneath everything is the truth that your struggle 
was spiritual. See, I, I, had a, uh, I had a guy that I was roommates with um, my junior year at UGA. And uh, we, we, we lived together, which was, which was pretty cool. I actually kind of vouched for him when we were deciding who all was going to live together, and we needed a fifth roommate. And so I said, this guy's awesome. Um, you want to have him. And so not only were we good friends, and not only were we roommates, but we, we began to develop a really close friendship. And I, I think at that time I would have considered him my best friend. He was someone that um, I used as like an accountability partner, uh, meaning that he and I told each other things that we didn't tell anyone else. Um, I, I, I kind of let him into my life more than I let anyone else into my life. I trusted him. I cared about him. I loved him. And, and this was the best part of it, was both of us loved Jesus. Man, we both loved Jesus, which was cool. And so our relationship was great because of the fact that we kept pushing one another to Jesus. And so I would encourage him to spend time with Jesus, and he would encourage me to spend time with Jesus. And then I know this sounds really cheesy, but bear with me. Um, th- there was a time back in the day where I used to like play guitar. Uh, not as good as, as Zach up here, right? He's, he's killer. But, but I used to play guitar, and so he played guitar as well. So we got together, and we would like jam out together, and we would sing worship songs together. And we were like pushing each other closer and closer to Jesus. And it was awesome. And I think, I think if God were to look at our relationship at the time, he would have said, man, that is amazing. Both of you are like really good friends and both of you are actually growing closer to Jesus because of that. In fact, some of you might even be thinking of like a friend that you have that maybe invited you to M12 or maybe someone you're sitting next to right now or maybe someone that goes to your school that you guys have the same sort of relationship, right? That you guys push each other closer to Jesus and you know more about Jesus because of the other person and they know more about Jesus because of you and you continue doing that. And it was awesome. But then one day, something like crazy strange happened. It was like a switch flipped. And this guy that I used to tell everything to all of a sudden wasn't talking to me anymore. And I couldn't understand why, and, and, I, and I racked my brain. I even told other people, I was like, I need your help. Like, under, like I don't know what's going on. And then not only did he stop talking to me, um, but, but, but then he, he started talking to me again, but it was the most hateful and negative things that anyone has ever said to me. In fact, he would go out of his way to make sure that he told me things that he thought about me. Um, I was involved in like a worship band at the time, and he told me that uh, I, I would get on stage and that I was fake and that, and that I wasn't um, really who I actually was and I didn't actually love Jesus. And he would write these, uh, he, he would actually write these letters and give them to me uh, about once a week about how uh, I, just how terrible I was. And this stuff like it, <laughs> to say that it upset me is, is an understatement. It completely devastated me. And as you can imagine, I was frustrated. And yeah, I was sad and yeah, I was depressed, but I was angry more than anything else. I was angry at him because how could he say these things to me? I thought we were friends. I thought I could trust him, but now he's saying all these angry and hateful things to me. And so I began thinking angry things about him because how could he do that? And as I'm looking at our relationship, I'm thinking my struggle is against this guy because this guy has been hateful towards me because this guy has said things about me because this guy has lied to me because this guy doesn't like me. It's him. My enemy is him. It's him. And it wasn't until later that I realized that he wasn't my enemy. See, because we don't struggle against flesh and blood. See, as we, me and my friend, began to grow closer and closer to Jesus, we experienced spiritual opposition to not only our friendship, but our relationship with God. And many of you in the room are feeling the exact same thing. 
that you've started growing closer and closer to Jesus and you love Jesus. Yes, you do. And you're so excited about it. But then the closer and closer that you've gotten to Jesus, it almost feels like you've got some opposition and you thought it was her or you thought it was him or you thought it was your parents and you can't explain why now all of a sudden you're fighting with your parents more than you've ever fought with them before. Or you can't explain why now you were tempted more than you've ever been tempted before or now why gossip is such a bigger deal than it's ever been before. And maybe, maybe the reason, the reason that like you're fighting with your parents is not because you're parents. Maybe, maybe it's because the struggle is spiritual and there's a spiritual reality underneath what you're going through. Or maybe, maybe the reason that you're like falling into temptation and it seems like temptation is harder for you than it's ever been before, maybe it's because you're actually growing closer to God and you're beginning to experience that spiritual opposition. Because our struggle is not against one another. Our struggle is spiritual. Or maybe for you, you've experienced the same thing I've experienced and you had a friend that the two of you were growing closer and closer and closer and closer to Jesus. But now you've began to fall apart and you thought it was her you thought it was him. And you thought the reason all this was happening was because he was my enemy or she was my enemy or they were my enemy. But maybe, maybe it's not about them. Maybe it's about something deeper, something more spiritual than that. And so, and so here's, here's kind of the question that I want to end the night with. The question is, what would you do? What would you do? How would things change for you if you knew it wasn't about him? or her? What would you do if you knew, like, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that it wasn't about him, or it wasn't about her? That it's not about the fact that she's lying. It's not about the fact that my parents make these dumb rules. It's not about this, or it's not about that, that maybe it's about something deeper. What would you do if you knew it wasn't about him, or it wasn't about her? See, I think, I think there's some of you that, that, that your struggle right now is with your parents. And maybe leading up to tonight, you thought the struggle was because they had these dumb rules that no one should follow and it's so ridiculous. And once I get out on my own, then finally, and, and, and you're thinking all these things about your parents as the enemy. But what if, what if it wasn't about your parents having lame rules? And what if it was about spiritual opposition trying to divide your family? What if, what if the reason that you're arguing with your mom or your dad or the reason they really get under your skin has nothing to do with them? What if it's something deeper than that? And I bet if, if we could answer this question honestly, what would you do if you knew it wasn't them? Maybe for you tonight, the answer is to actually talk to your parents and apologize to them. Maybe for some of you on the car ride home, you need to have an honest conversation with your parents where you say, I- I've been like, I've been kind of ridiculous recently and I've been shouting at you and yelling at you and I've been like just so emotional and I'm sorry because it's not them. And maybe there's some of you that you feel like your parents have wronged you and maybe they have wronged you. But what if it wasn't them? What if it wasn't just them? Maybe tonight is the night that you begin the process of forgiving your parents. 
Because if it's true that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, then that means there's something else going on underneath the surface. And maybe for some of you, you've been struggling recently and, 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 and your struggle is lust. That no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to shake that habit and you continue to look at things that you know you shouldn't look at. And maybe for you, you thought it was all about getting what you want sexually. But what if it wasn't about getting what you want sexually and instead about getting you off track spiritually? What if one of the reasons that you're struggling is because there's a part of you that wants to grow closer and closer to Jesus and that you're facing spiritual opposition? What would you do if you knew it wasn't about him or her? That it's not about the girl on the other side of the computer screen. It's about something deeper. Maybe for you, you'd begin a conversation with like your small group leader or someone else that's actually in your life group or connection group and you say, hey, I need help. I need accountability. Maybe for you, there's some like Twitter accounts and some Instagram accounts that you need to unfollow like yesterday, you know? Like you need to stop because every time you look at those images, it prompts you to lust. And what if it wasn't about just those images? What if it was about a deeper spiritual struggle? Maybe tonight, some of you need to give your computer to your parents and say, I can't have this in my room anymore. Because it's not physical, it's spiritual. And finally, like, I think, I think there might be some of you in the room that the, the thing that you're struggling with is gossip. It's gossip. And... Um, I've seen a lot of students in our student ministry that have been like fired up about Jesus and I've watched it unfold where, where students like are both like moving each other closer and closer and closer to Jesus and then one act of gossip not only divides them but then they no longer are a part of what God is doing here because it's not about each other. It's not about him. It's not about her. It's about spiritual opposition trying to stop what God is doing here and in your life. So, so, so what if gossip was not about her lying or saying those things that aren't true? What if it was about something deeper than that? And maybe there's some of you tonight that you've been gossiping and you've been lying and you've been saying things that you know are not true. And you thought it was innocent and you thought you were just talking about him or talking about her. But if, what if it wasn't about that? Maybe tonight is the night that you go up to some people that you've lied about or you've lied to and you apologize. And you say, I, I, I've been gossiping and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had some students recently that realized that this was them and um, it, it, it was a beautiful thing to watch students reconcile. Students that were facing spiritual opposition that was driving them apart, but then when they realized it wasn't about him and it wasn't about her, they began to reconcile and there were tears and there was restoration. And maybe that's you tonight. Or maybe you know there's a girl that's been lying about you or that's been gossiping about you and you've been hating her and you don't want to talk to her because she's lying to you and I don't want to have a part of that. And maybe tonight God is saying it's not about her. It's not about her. You don't struggle against her. There's a deeper spiritual struggle. And so maybe tonight's the night that you initiate a conversation with her and you say, I just want you to know that I forgive you and that I want us to be good. What would you do if you knew, if you knew that it wasn't about him or it wasn't about her? Because the struggle is spiritual and it is very, very real.
Let me pray for you. God, we believe that um, there's something deeper happening underneath the surface. And it's not about him and it's not about her. And there are students in this room that they love one another and they care about one another. But there's the possibility for us to be divided if we start thinking that the enemy is each other. And so I pray tonight that walls would be broken down, that, that, that students would have honest conversations, maybe before the night is even done. Maybe there's some people that right after connection groups, they need to talk to one another. God, or maybe there's some phone conversations that need to happen where people apologize and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk about you that way. And maybe tonight you would do something incredible in the lives of these students because I've watched firsthand as you have drawn them closer and closer and closer to you and I wanna continue seeing that happen. And so as they continue to draw closer to you, I pray against the spiritual opposition that they feel. And I pray that tonight, tonight you would do something new. In the same way that we're in a new room and we're experiencing new things, I pray that tonight friendships would be restored as we begin to recognize that the enemy is not him and it's not her, that you were doing something else and we wanna follow you. So God, we welcome you and we ask that you begin even now changing the lives of these students, giving them the boldness to talk to one another, to talk to their parents, to talk to someone who can be an accountability partner for them as they struggle and find that you are the strength in their struggle. In Jesus' name, amen.